Uh, I kind of miss like the dr- the drama of it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just kind of stirring up a bunch of you know attention and posts from people. Like, I mean, there's there's a part of me that finds that fun. Did you all have a Sunday, bloody Sunday, to remember? What about last week's Valentine's Day present from us to all of you? Did you enjoy that? Think we ought to do it again sometime? I do. I sure do. But I'd like to know what you all think. You're my listeners. And thus, my most cherished stakeholders. The chairman to my board. So pipe up, by God, weigh in, I implore you. Your ideas have historically been stellar. So chime in, by Jove. Want to hear more from a previous guest? Want to hear more on a previous topic? Want to suggest someone or something altogether new, or hear a particular someone opine on a particular something? Like, I don't know, what's Face and LMS's take on sexual surrogacy? Or, I want to hear scorn stoic, wax poetic about that dude from The Bachelor's cancellation. He probably wouldn't know about that. But I want to know about it, and by it I mean your deepest, darkest episode desires. Maybe I should find a more efficient way to do this, like starting a regular Twitter poll or something. Because the thing is, guys... Engagement on the socials has been a little lean lately, if you know what I mean. And that's on you. No, it's really not. It's obviously on me. How wild would that be if I actually thought that? No, I totally slacked for a while, but I'm trying to get the ball rolling again, and I feel like the last batch of episodes has been pretty good. The downloads look decent, and, well, I just miss you guys, that's all. Thank you all for those reviews the last couple weeks, by the way. I really appreciate you stepping up. Keep them coming. It means a lot. Okay, that's enough of that awkward, aggressive, garden path of an intro. Today's episode has a little bit of everything. A good dose of hope, peppered with drama, and a really welcome surprise. It features another familiar faceless face, as you probably know from the title. You first heard him here on episode 31, One-Itis, with Grotesque Subhuman. And his name is Todd. Yeah, I think it's been like seven months or so, yeah. Yeah, been a pretty long time since our last conversation. Before we talk about what's going on now and everything else that might come up, I would like to talk a bit about that last conversation and the episode, if you don't mind. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. So you had mixed feelings about how it went for a while. Uh, Yeah, it was just more because I was paranoid. Okay, paranoid about what? Uh... I don't know, just being like it seen being taken the wrong way. Um, I don't know, like I like I am autistic, and sometimes I'll just act out, and I won't even understand why. So, yeah. Um, like I, sometimes I just generally feel like women are just gonna like kind of screw me over and stuff like that. So you know, unfortunately, you're not alone in that feeling. I don't know if you maybe listen to it more than once or just the one time, but I didn't really edit anything out of it or change the context or anything like that. So 
were you kind of surprised by it the, the way it turned out uh no uh like i it, it, I, it sounded like i kind of expected it to but I don't know, like, sometimes when I, like, when I, like, listen back to myself, I kind of, like, I don't know, kind of makes me feel uneasy. Yes. <laughs> it has that effect for everyone, I think. The more you get used to hearing yourself back, the less that happens. But did you get any feedback from anyone that you weren't expecting? Oh, or? I, I, over time, I got a lot of positive feedback. Like, a lot of yeah. people were friendly with me and they reached out to me yeah it, it was very beneficial in the end it just kind of took me a while to get to understand that but yeah yeah well that that's understandable um so when people reached out were they like strangers that listened to it or people that you knew from before maybe from the community or both uh, mostly strangers yeah 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 still talk to any of them uh uh some of them i still do uh one of them in particular uh there's been a lot of drama with but uh um it's been it's been mostly positive that i the interaction i've had yeah that's good i think i might have seen some residuals about the drama but i didn't look into it so yeah I don't really know what it was about. Do you want to talk about that at all? Uh, are you talking about the girl Rowan who makes videos on YouTube? Yes, that's yeah. Uh, well, there, oh boy, that's a whole story there. Uh, yeah, we were we were very good friends for a while, um, but uh, she has a borderline personality disorder, mm. and uh, she does a lot of. Uh, very questionable acts, to mm -hmm. say the least. And, uh, yeah, like, like she's on here, like, you know, posting nudes and just being flirty with like every guy. And, uh, it all just kind of boiled over. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So that's what that was about. Uh, she actually reached out to me maybe a couple months ago, I think. I think some someone else did too around the same time. I don't know if it was a coincidence. It was like a listener, but not one that I knew that suggested I have her on. And I'm totally open to that, but I don't know exactly what she does. I was pointed to her channel at one point, maybe a couple months after we talked, and I saw that you'd been talking to her. And I saw that she seemed to put out videos where she was kind of maybe wanting to talk to incels too and seem to take like a, a friendly approach. Um, some people seem to like her. Some people don't. Uh, I don't really know any more about it than that. Yeah. Like she made, made a lot of videos on like black pill content. Uh, I, I would suggest not interviewing her because her intentions behind that were malicious, but uh, she, she likes teasing guys and she likes being very controlling. And um, I, I don't believe she really cares about any of the stuff she said. Um, I don't want to get too much into it because it involves her boyfriends and stuff, but, um, I would leave her alone, but that's just my opinion. Okay. Maybe I'll do a little bit more research before doing that. Um, since I, I didn't know what 
terms you were on with her now, I was thinking about suggesting like a, an episode with both of you on or, you know, interviewing separately maybe, but putting them well, both on. I'd be open to that, but I don't think she would be. Uh, okay. Is she, and then we'll, we'll drop it about her, but um, the content that she makes, is it like vlogging? Is it supposed to be like mostly interviews or? Well, well, she did interview me a couple of times, but most of her videos are like more of like, um, like a, like she acting like kind of like a therapist, kind of educational like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she's not the person who should be doing that. I think that's why I don't suggest her, but, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think you could have an interesting interview with her. I mean, she does have a lot of knowledge on the situation. Okay. She she, she actually kind of wants to be like you. So. Yeah. That's what some people told me that yeah. she was trying to do it. Something similar. And I'm all for that in a lot of ways, but I never really got to know what her content was or what her interest was, where it came from. So I really don't know anything about her other than yeah and for me it's still kind of emotional so i'm i might be kind of scattershot so yeah. that's fine and you did say that you have a, a tendency for many reasons to believe that uh women are going to betray you so there might be a little confirmation bias there yeah. in your characterization of her but you know i'll just look into it a little bit more so What's been going on in your life? You started a, a YouTube channel, or maybe you had one before. I've had an off and on for a couple of years, yeah. Uh, I will be honest, I avoid it <laughs> because <laughs> I know that there were some very unflattering videos about me and people pointed them out to me, you know, like, are you aware of this? And whenever they do, I'm like, I don't want to know about it because I know that there are probably lots of threads and incel spaces about me and that some of them are pretty heinous. And I'm not even talking about your videos because, again, I haven't watched any of those. I watched the one that you recommended to me where you were reviewing my review. And I thought that one was actually really good. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I stay away from the negative stuff because I know there's a lot of it. I know that uh, that's kind of an occupational hazard. I get it. I think that it's sort of part of like incel culture to be distrustful of women and to kind of like talk shit about people. That's part of just the way incels talk and they should be allowed to do that if they want. And I would just rather not see it. Um, so, you know, that's that. Um, but are you uh, still making videos? Cause you, you seem to be making a lot of them at one point. Um, I'm kind of stopping for a little while now, uh, just for like my own personal reasons. But, uh, I don't know. I probably will go back on and off doing it again. Um, and the thing is, like, I don't really have like, uh, like, I don't, I'm not an insult anymore. So I don't really make content based on that anymore. I'm kind of more like vlogging. So I don't know. Okay. Well, that's good. So you're not an insult anymore. Yes. Is this the first time you've said that or would say that about yourself? No, I, I'll, well, technically I, I, I've seen escorts now for about two years, but, uh, I am a first, uh, 
like consensual sex relationship in November. Oh, so there really? was that. That was a that was a good positive thing in my life. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great thing. Yeah, there's not really a lot to talk about. I mean, uh, like for a while in like fall, I was just on you know dating apps, you know Tinder and Match, and uh, eventually one woman came uh, quite aggressively towards me. We met, and it just happened pretty much. Cool. <laughs> um, how was it? Uh, it, it was very enjoyable. I'm like, I was, I, I had a very, very pleasant time with her. And we were seeing each other t- pretty regularly for like about six weeks. Oh. Uh, it's kind of dissolved lately. I don't know, just life happens, you know, but, uh, yeah. but it, it was good. I mean, if, if for nothing else, like I learned a lot from the situation, like, uh, at least I have a lot more self-confidence now. I'm not, I'm not as bitter towards women and stuff anymore. So, uh, that's great. It was just good, positive experience for me. Yeah. Pardon me if I've forgotten some, if, if you told me about when we last spoke, if you had maybe had, uh, a couple like short relationships at some point, I don't recall you saying that, um, before, but I could be mistaken. Um, no, I never, well, I had one sort of girlfriend in high school, but it was nothing serious at all. So no, I never really had anything before this. No. Wow. Well, that's a pretty big deal. Yep. I think it would be something that should give hope to incels out there, especially those that, uh, characterize themselves as wizards (laughs) that are over 30 and think it's definitely over after that. Yeah, like it's changed my mindset on that a lot. You know, like, like now I, I like all the guys that like Indian cells and black pills will say it's over and all that kind of stuff. I mean, hey, this is not true, you know. Um, and like a, a lot of, you know, guys who think they're just so ugly and like unlikable to everyone. I mean, I think in, in most cases that's not true either, you know. Yeah. Um, what do you think turned it around or what changed? I mean, for starters, I know that you said that you started using like the dating apps and maybe you weren't using them for a while or hadn't used them really at all. So that's one thing, um, you know, what made you do that? If you, if you have any kind of insight about that, um, Actually, the main reason was my friend Rowan, because uh, she filled me with a lot of confidence, and she was very, um, she was very kind and like uh, helpful. Well, then she's not all bad. I mean, that's no, she's not. That's a big thing. If it gave you enough confidence to give it a shot, and that ended up leading to a very mutually fulfilling medium term ish relationship. Then I mean, I I would say that, you know, that's a significant um, amount of net positive from her. So yeah, definitely. What else is going on in your life? Uh, I wouldn't say much else. Uh, I mean, I'd say generally I'm not in like just that negative mindset I used to be. 
people know that I'm a lot calmer than I used to be, which isn't good for making YouTube content, but you know, you know. uh, I don't know. Like I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm just a lot more boring, normal person now than I used to be. <laughs> and that's a, a beautiful thing. I think. Yeah. What else have you changed your mind about? Because I would think that something like this might change your views on a lot of things. Um, well, one change I have as I've gone back to therapy, uh, which was a difficult thing for me with my past, but mm-hmm. I like, I think I need, I needed to really address like my, uh, you know, all the problems I had before, you know, with, uh, you know, getting angry with women and like dealing with all the rejections in my life and such, you know, yeah. Because I, I think like the main difficulty for incels is, isn't like the sex aspect. It's the, it's like that lack of socialization you have, like, which usually starts in your teens. And then like, when you fall behind there, you just keep falling further and further behind as you get later in life. Mm. And, uh, like, that's something I kind of just need to like talk through and just kind of learn to cope with better. And that's really what I'm kind of focusing now on in therapy. Um, how long have you been doing therapy? Um, it's been, uh, uh, since like late October. Okay. Uh, yeah, I actually did because Rowan suggested it to me because we were fighting regularly. And, uh, yeah. Well, more points for Rowan then. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess with a quarantine, it's probably video. Yeah, it's all like the teleconferencing thing, yes. Mm-hmm. And um, how do you find that? I mean, to me, it seems like it would be pretty much the same, like just as beneficial. I, I don't know, but. Yeah, it's it's like exactly the same, pretty much. Yeah. And what's this therapist like? Uh, well, I've actually had two of them. My first was male. But then he got promoted or something, and he only lasted a few sessions. And then the only other option I had was another female counselor, <laughs> of course. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I've seen her a few times now, and it's gone fine. Um, yeah, I mean, she's been professional and stuff, and you know, like she's about my age too, so it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I don't know, like. I just got to stick through with it, you know, because like, especially the last couple of sessions I've had, have been, uh, I kind of really, uh, like stressful, like pushing my boundaries, you know, emotionally. So, uh-huh. uh, um, but that's been good, you know, cause I got, I have to work out my anger and like my insecurities, you know, Yeah. especially with women. You know. Yeah. And it, it's important to stick it out when you get to this point, because I think stopping when your boundaries are pushed is not a good idea. Um, so this therapist knows about your history and everything and has been, um, uh, it seems like understanding, respectful, professional, and also, uh, productive and like challenging you. 
Yes, she has been. Yeah, that's great. What's what do you think is different about this time than the past? You know, experiences. Um. Well, I mean, I mean, for now, like my current counselor is, you know, professional, like not leading me on or anything. Uh, I still think my previous counselor, Deborah, was uh, inappropriate in a lot of ways. Um, I agree from what you told me. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just I try not to think about that anymore because it's just not. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, that's a really, uh, really unfortunate experience that sounds like quite traumatic in itself. So I'm, I'm sorry you went through that and I'm, um, really happy that you decided to give it a shot again and that it's going well. Um, obviously the therapist is different, so that makes a huge difference. I think that you probably are also different now. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You sound pretty motivated. Yeah, I, I, I like I want to be more normal, you know. Um I mean like I'm also trying, you know, just kind of overcome my autistic difficulties, you know. I mean socializing is is really hard for me. Mhm. Like even just like general small talk and such, it's just uh it's tough sometimes, but, uh, I don't know. Like I, I want to get better. Yeah. It is very tough for people on the autism spectrum, especially the small talk. Like I, I think once the boundary gets crossed to where it's substantive, intellectual, you know, deep, maybe even, Sometimes talking about emotional things can be difficult, but sometimes not so much from what I've noticed. But the small talk part, the sort of the social mores seem very challenging. And I don't know that there's really, I mean, obviously there are uh, certain kind of methods and processes that some people use to deal with that with people with, uh, you know, on the spectrum. I've had a few guests that I've spoken to that have, you know, talked about like, I sound this way because I had so much, you know, therapy because my, my parents could afford it or whatever, because, you know, it, I was really like taught these skills, um, cognitively, but I think it's still kind of a mystery as to how exactly to overcome it. Do you think that you have any insight into what might help or what you're trying to work on in your case? Mm, I don't know. Because in my last session, like we had a kind of like an exposure therapy test with small talk and mm -hmm. I just failed miserably. Like I just sat there for a minute, like not saying anything. And that was like, ugh. it was like painful because painful I just felt like the biggest, you know, idiot. <laughs> Um. <laughs> Incel will continue after a short break from our sponsors. If you're enjoying this episode of Incel, please take a moment to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review. This is one of the best ways to help spread the word so that others can discover it as well. 
Hello world. I finally did it. I set up a Patreon. It's just my name, www.patreon.com slash and there, newly incentivized and free from the evil eye of leering detractors, I'll be releasing episodes early and ad-free, along with bi-weekly bonus episodes, weekly blog posts, articles, and polls so that I can hear from you. So if you support the show, please consider subscribing at any tier. Can't wait to develop some community outside of Twitter. Patreon.com slash N-A-A-M-A-K-A-T-E-S. Check it out. I've been teasing it for weeks, and now I can finally tell you about Emates, my new sponsor and their newest creation. The company was founded by military veterans, motivated to create and ship custom companion robots to help serve the thousands of men and women who lost their spouses to war. As you all know, dear listeners, in 2021, people experience many barriers to physical intimacy, and that has consequences. Emate dolls are a potential solution that might be right for you. For now, Emates LLC's first companion, Sophia, is available and more will follow. These androids can tell stories, sing, give weather updates when asked, and engage in conversations with expression when talking, essentially learning their user until conversations and tendencies are adapted into better flowing communication and engagement. Their skin is soft, lifelike and durable, and can simulate human temperature at the click of a button. Most of all, the companions are safe. We'll be hearing from founding member Chris Rikinia on the pod in the very near future, and maybe from Sophia herself. For now, check out ematedolls.com. That's the letters E M A T E dolls.com to learn more. I told you all 2020 would be strange, didn't I? Downright chaotic. And we don't exactly keep it light with the topics on this show. We deal with some scary stuff. Lately, I find that everyone needs some time to chill out and relax. That's why I'm excited to announce this week's sponsor, Boston Green Health. Boston Green Health is a local provider of CBD products that specializes in oils, topicals, gummies, and edibles. Boston Green Health's plant-based products can provide natural relief and rest for the mind, body, and soul. As one of New England's premier hemp-based companies, they offer a variety of all-natural CBD products that use a blend of locally sourced hemp extract. Visit bostongreenhealth.com for premium CBD oil, a delicious variety of CBD-infused gummies, luxurious handcrafted topicals, and a product line for pets. Podcast listeners can receive 20% off any purchase by using show code INCEL20. Boston Green Health takes pride in being New England's most trusted CBD brand, and my new favorite, Cope. Highly recommended for the high and hip. Well, even last time we spoke, you had a lot of insight about yourself you were aware of things that you struggled with and kind of your own cognitive biases about women and distrust and things like that and you knew that you had to or wanted to change those things and weren't placing the blame on other people and i was impressed by that and you know now it sounds like you're moving way past that yeah i like i i'm trying to but i still struggle with it sometimes yeah i guess i mean i i've already kind of ruined more friendships doing that you know with rowan and stuff so um yeah Hmm. i wonder if well this makes me want to reach out to her more because maybe that's not the case um things sometimes that don't seem salvageable are 
And of course, some things are better just left alone. Uh, so, you know, that might be the case with this. I, I don't know. Um, but I think from your end anyway, it sounds like you would be open to it and like you are sincere and you recognize good things that she's or good effects that she's had on you. Yep. There's good and bad. So it's kind of hard um, to balance sometimes, you know. Um, what about your other sort of like other aspects of your social life right now in terms of how you spend your time, you know, are there people that you talk to regularly, just friends wise? Mm, not really. I mean, it's been kind of, it's hard, hard to really meet anyone with COVID still. So, uh, um, I don't know, like I've been getting into tennis more, like I'm going to get seriously back into that. Um, I didn't know you played tennis. Yeah, I have most of my life. Yeah. Um, oh, that's cool. So, uh, like, I kind of want to just get more focused in my hobbies and stuff, you know. And, uh, you know, once things open up again, then maybe I can socialize more. Because right yeah. now, I'm basically just, you know, talking to people online, you know. And that can yeah. only go so far, you know. So That's true, but almost uh most people in the world are kind of living that way now yeah um, so it's not like it doesn't count at all as far as the people you talk to online new friends old friends you know uh people you consider close or just mm. casual probably more casual just more people you know that share my hobbies and stuff uh mm -hmm. you know um even just trying to do like voice chats with people and stuff like this mm -hmm. because that's something I'm trying to get a lot better at. Uh, you know, like, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the voice chats uh, can be awkward for all kinds of people, especially now with people kind of growing up on texts and stuff people have lost the art a bit, I think of uh, a good phone conversation. Um, that all sounds really good. Yeah. Uh, maybe just trying to train myself to talk to people more because I think that might, that probably is like my biggest weakness is that like, I've never really had friends for like for pretty much my entire life. So, uh, and even like, you know, just like talking conversation, like from like age 20 to like 35, like I had none. So there's a lot to overcome there. You know? Yes. And even just like talking with you, like I am now, like for years, I couldn't do this. So, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of just trying to reacclimate myself to being like an actual human. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, I mean, it sounds like you're kind of overcoming a, a lot of big things pretty quickly. And being that it's been seven months or however long, um, and you've already made a lot of these changes. I mean, you know, during COVID on top of it, um, that is a lot. So, you know, 
good for you on that. Um, any contact with incels or the incel community? Uh, I still have some at times. Uh, I mean, it's not like I completely disagree with them now or anything, you know, uh, you know, at least from like the lookism aspect, I still firmly believe that's true. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of the black people community that I talk to. Um, I, I hold the belief that basically incels are kind of, I still, I still think it's like it's a self-defeating philosophy at this point. Mm -hmm. um, you know, does guys constantly putting themselves down and hating women and all that stuff. Uh, like that's just not going to help anyone. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's like, from my experiences now, cause I mean, I, you know, I, I did go on dates with a few women and, uh, I mean, I mean, if I can do it, pretty much any of them can do it, or at least most of them can. So, Oh, <laughs> And it's really simple. Like some of some some of the uh, incels just have to you know get out more and be more like open and willing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I like you. I would say uh, I completely agree with some sort of tenets of the black pill. I think people are obviously locust. Um, that's ridiculous to deny. Uh, I think that has sort of wide ranging effects on society i think um especially now kind of more and more that incels or uh, you know low tier men quote unquote there is a tendency by society to marginalize and even demonize them which is you know wrong always kind of believe that um though i think that um a lot of them you know they might be right about lookism, but I think that they sometimes miss, um, or just kind of wrongly put themselves into like this category of the untouchables that are, are like so hideous, they have no chance or whatever. I think that usually that's not true. I think that it can be true. I don't want to paint with too broad a brush. I think that there are, you know, I've talked to some that are like disfigured in certain ways and have like, uh, you know, other issues that, you know, it might be for some people very, very, very difficult, if not almost impossible. I never say impossible, but I would understand that sentiment. But the vast majority, no, you know. No, I agree. And they, I, I went way too far with that before. Like I was grotesque subhuman, which was just, right. <laughs> it was just, it was just stupid doing that, you know, but, um, but like when, when you get into too much of the insult stuff, you, you'll, you'll really begin to feel that way. And I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's over time. I can't overcame that, you know? Yeah. You know, people like demanding that I don't call myself that. Yes. Right. Does another, another thing Rowan did like, pushed me to not call myself that and uh yeah i mean i i think that helped me too just to try getting out of that hope that hopeless mindset for no reason you know yeah um i mean it's the epitome of negative self-talk to call yourself grotesque subhuman yeah. <laughs> um but if you're in a community like incels, 
it has kind of an allure, like it's a, a name that definitely stands out that people are going to remember. And so, you know, again, there's that aspect of incel culture that becomes like a self-defeating situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know. it's it's like in the insult community, like you want to be the ugliest person instead of mm-hmm. you know, the real world. You want to be the prettiest person. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of like that backwards thing, yeah. Yeah, and and for the real world, for most people, uh, you accept that you're neither of those things, and just um, kind of try to. Uh, you know, you, you just come to accept that you're not the prettiest person. You're not the ugliest person. You are where you are and you work with that from there. And that can be difficult to do. I think, especially when, you know, you're a lot younger, like a late teenager, or early twenties, which most of them are. Yeah. That's where I think it's dangerous where it's like, like the teenage kids are in there still when they, you know, they're still in their formative years and they should be, you know, building social experiences. And if you're telling, if you're telling like an 18 year old kid, he's ugly and hopeless. Like he, you're basically just like ruining his life, you know? Um, yeah. there, is a, there is a point in life, you know, once, once you get to like, you know, adult age, you know, past college, like it becomes more significantly harder to make friends and meet people and, you know, to make up for that lost time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like I, I always suggest that like you don't even go to incel communities at least past like age twenty one or so, because it that it's just a self defeating prophecy at that point. Yeah, um, you know my feelings on it are kind of mixed because I think that there are um, many people that um, either a have trouble finding sort of community anywhere else. Um, or just that aren't necessarily going to completely take it to heart and just find that the fact that they can vent and they can make jokes about it and they can have other people that understand what they're going through helpful for a time, you know, a sort of transitional phase. Um, and then, you know, grow out of it. But yeah, that talk for, you know, a mind that's still, developing and that's inclined to take it very seriously it i agree that it can be damaging and that at least you know maybe not in a very serious way but it might at least reinforce some very negative ideas about self about women about the world that might be hard to to shake off i've definitely heard that from people um so, you know, now that you are no longer in cell after this kind of journey that you've had, um, I think, you know, you're in a little bit of a unique situation because you hadn't been really that involved with the incel community for a little while, at least, um, even when we last spoke. Yeah. And, you know, you already had the idea is that it was self-defeating and stuff. Um, but like you said, you still agree with a lot of it and you can still relate to what they all are going through. 
Yeah, well, I still feel a lot of sympathy for them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you say that if I were to ask you to give advice now, it would be quote-unquote blue-pilled? <laughs> I think they would take it that way, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I have tried giving advice to some, and they do not accept it and have turned against me. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just think for most guys in the incel community, like, it's not over. And mm-hmm. just stop putting yourself down and thinking you have no chance and everyone hates you. I mean... I mean, the sad reality is, you know, for a lot of guys who are in the incel community, they're not the best looking, you know, I mean, they're, they're not hideous, but they're also probably like below average looking, but you really just, you have to try, you know, uh, you know, like it's a numbers game. I know it's like a red pill philosophy, but it really is. Mm -hmm. You have to just keep trying until you find a woman that will be receptive to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And if you're in your early 20s, you probably haven't tried that much, (laughs) even though it feels like it. And um, don't compare yourself to like Chad Fish accounts and stuff, because that's silly. (laughs) I've done my share of that. That will not help you. That will just dig you further in the hole. Yeah. Um, Is there anything you... Like, I I would say that the, at least from what little I know of them, the tone of some of the videos you were making shortly after our episode was still, um, like, black-pilled or incel in nature, right? Yeah, I'd say so, yeah. And kind of negative. <laughs> um... Did you find that it was rewarding to do that because of the like attention and agreement that you would get? Mm, I don't know. I, I, it's really just mostly out of my just insecurity and my mistrust that like even still then I just felt like, you know, all women hated me and they're just out to get me. Uh, I mean, like, there's some of that for YouTube where, you know, you play it up, you know, especially mm. for, like the community that I was attracting to, but, uh, mm. yeah, it, it was really just mostly my, my just foolish insecurities about women, which I think I've improved a lot on and I still need more help on that, but yeah. Yeah. It sounds like that they, they have improved and are improving, uh, substantially. Um, but, uh, I don't know. Do you like miss any of the, um, attention or the lulls or the popularity of the videos or anything like that? Um, or just your your kind of grotesque subhuman persona? Uh, I kind of miss like the the drama of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, just kind of stirring up a bunch of, you know, attention and posts from people. Like, I mean, there's, there's a part of me that finds that fun. Um, yeah. Uh, but the only thing is like, when I do that, I just make things a lot worse. I ruin my, my own mental health. So Mm -hmm. I try to avoid it as best I can. Uh, sometimes I break. So, 
uh and they make things worse with people but um yeah yeah well i think that's uh i don't know it might be important for some people to hear because i think that's what a lot of people get out of it and for the people that are aware that that's what they're getting out of it like i think there are some people like you know face and lms and like master and stuff who kind of do it in a very tongue-in-cheek way and just have fun being shocking without taking it too much to heart i think i guess get that vibe um then that's one thing they kind of made make a persona out of it but for most people i think it is just you know toxicity <laughs> yeah um, okay so uh we're, we're at um five o'clock and it's uh been really great talking to you that this is great news and i'm Pretty thrilled to hear all of it. And and I would like to sort of follow up with Rowan too and just see what she says. So we might do that. But uh, any last thoughts, words you want to send out to the world today? Um, I would just like to tell incels and black belt people to just not be as negative all the time because you're hurting people in the end. Mm -hmm. Um yeah i mean it, it, it's not over for most of you and i know most of them will disagree with that but it isn't it, that's basically like my main one of the main points i make in like most of my recent videos so yeah that's good i mean you're, you're proof of that yeah well uh thank you so much i think this is uplifting and it's nice to have some of these <laughs> for a change yeah so yeah, thanks again for, for sharing and being so candid as you always are. Have a great rest of your weekend. Yep. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Keep up the good work you're doing. Yep. Thank you. All right. Take care. Yep. Take care. Bye. Bye. I haven't heard from Rowan since early January, but I've reached out to her again a couple times. I have faith that she'll come around. People usually do when they're ready, if you're patient and persistent and pure in your intention. Rowan, we'd love to hear from you. I'm fascinated by and quite impressed with what you've done here. I think you have a lot to offer, and I know my listeners would agree. That's all. Good night, room. Good night, moon. Good night, cow jumping over the moon. Good night, light and the red balloon. If you or someone you know is struggling with feelings of hopelessness, please reach out to one of the links provided in the show description. <laughs>